I'm Adam Handling and I'm the uh, chef owner of the Age Restaurant Group. So basically I started my career as a chef and I built up more and more restaurants as I, as I went along after the 15 years or 17 years actually I've been doing this and I love it. It's, it's amazing. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Adam, for uh, being our guest today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I wanted to ask you about a specific restaurant of yours, uh, The Frog. Uh, from what I understand, it was inspired by a trip you took to Japan, specifically. I was wondering if you could maybe fill us in on this particular trip and what about it that inspired you uh, to start The Frog and what's interesting and unique about this particular restaurant. So The Frog is my baby. You know, it's my mission starred restaurant in London. It's the one where all of, all of my restaurants have my heart and soul in it, but this is the first, you know, you really need to push hard to be able to make it successful. Especially when I, I come, I'm a chef, so I come from a normal background. It's all about being able to uh, just do something you really believe in, push hard, and hopefully people believe in it enough to keep coming back and back again and again. So I suppose, not just a frog, but my entire concept of the way that I thought about food was perhaps inspired from my travels. And I mean that not by the food that you eat, more about the understanding of food itself. You know, I'm a British chef and I cook British food and, and I'm so proud to do that. I think we've got some of the best products in the world in this, in this island. But the one thing that we do do is we're rather wasteful. You know, the UK has always been perhaps a little touch more snobby um, years and years and years ago, it's more down to earth now. But in doing so, it was quite wasteful because it, it it had the resources, it could buy the resources, and the UK pretty much had a big majority of the planet. Now, not so much. So that mentality of the way that uh, you needed to think as a chef when I was training was cut a fish into a square, be wasteful, who cares? Just make it pretty, make it perfect. That's not how I operate. But I had always been trained that way, you know, the French way, the British way, make it all look beautiful and kind of weird. Like it annoys me when I go to a restaurant now and I see a fish cut into a square. What the hell? Make things natural. Food is natural. But the one thing I liked with uh, going around Asia was the respect for if it's in season now, they use it. They use it because they grow it and they utilize it all. Over here, you can get strawberries in December, you can get asparagus in November. That's not how it works over there. It's very much, it's very nature inspired. It's very seasonal. It's very utilization of the whole ingredient and, or product itself. And that clicked to me as something I had never really experienced. Now, when I say this, you're thinking, why were you not thinking that? It's common sense. But ignorance is bliss. You know, you're brainwashed in an industry where you can be very wasteful and guests have a certain expectations that they want to get certain things certain times a year. Over there, that's not how it works. And I loved, I loved how passionate they were about their country, what they grow, and the respect they had to products. So that's where my then clog started to, you know, tick, 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 tick. And I got excited about thinking, why the hell do we not think that way over here? That is very, very, very interesting. I want to get to more about, you know, utilizing uh, all of the product rather than just what some might consider the best looking or the best tasting or whatever the case may be. But you, you know, you talked about the frog being your, your Michelin star restaurant. What goes into, what goes into building a Michelin star restaurant? Is that something you focus on? Is, is this designation important for the brand? I think, well, 
there's many different answers to, to, to that question you just asked me. But for us, we wanted one. There was no shadow of a doubt. We'd been pushing for one for years. But our, our goal wasn't to get a star. Our goal was to be as really as comfortable as possible in our own ability to cook wonderful food. To be fair, my goal is to have a restaurant like people can't get into because it's so widely, you know, it's in demand. Luckily, it is. And a star came, not because of that, but because we put our heart and soul into it and it's what people wanted to eat. We ended up getting a star when we lost the mentality of cooking for a guide. What do Michelin look for in restaurants? What, you know, how does it need to be? You need to have white tablecloths. You've got to have that. You know, all the things that there is no, there is no, there is no guide book to say this is what Michelin want. But you, you, you write one in your own mind thinking because based on other restaurants that have one. As soon as we stopped thinking about that and just ripped it up and thought, you know what? We have to cook what we want to cook. I did that. I did the travels. I came back. No, let, let's, let's, you know, forget all these awards. Let's just hold it back. What do we want to eat? Let's do it. And then I opened my own restaurant just after that. So then I was tired of listening to other people. I was tired of ordering strawberries in, in November, asparagus in December. And I was like, you know what? I'm out. I want to have my own restaurant and I want to do this my way. So this is where it was all created. The concept was created because I was tired of uh, always listening to and always being in demand for things that I didn't truly believe in. And I think when you believe in something yourself and you put your heart and soul into it, I really truly think that because it's inspiring, because it's tasty, because it's, you know, uh, when I say sustainable, the word sustainable gets chucked around way too much. So we can play with that, but thought provoking food, it becomes more, it becomes more tasty. It becomes more sexy on the plate. And that's what we did. We threw our heart and soul into something, forgetting a guidebook and just being perhaps a little touch selfish by like, I want to eat this. This is this is what I can eat today and tomorrow and the next day. Yeah. And I cook that way. And I think there's a lesson there. No matter what industry you're in, you have to be, you have to enjoy what you're doing and you have to be proud of the product or the service or the work or the output uh, that you're putting out into the world, whether it is, <coughs> excuse me, whether it is a restaurant, whether it is music, um, or whether it's, uh, you know, in advertising and marketing, if you're not proud of what you do, it's it's a little bit harder to do it, uh, you know? Um, the, hours are, the hours are hard, the environment's stressful, but when you put a group of people together that have the same vision, the same that get excited over the same sort of, um, you know, emotions, connections, flavors, attitude, it doesn't become stressful or, or any of that anymore. It doesn't become laborious or like, oh, God damn it, I've got to be in work tomorrow. Even though you're doing 17 to 20 hours a day, it actually feels fun. You know, you build a family. This is, you know, you could, food is a language of the world. You can cook anywhere, any nationality. You can go to any country. They can learn. They can be submerged. They can find some cuisine that they will really, that they can work in straight away in any country. So chefing is quite lonely. You know, it's uh, it's one where perhaps the parents wouldn't necessarily want you to go into because they look down on it because it's just cooking. But put a bunch of a bunch of lonely delinquents with passion together, and they will create something magical because they've they finally uh, in their heart they've pulled a string where thought all this emotion comes out, all this fun comes out, and I'm working with somebody with the same issues as me, so we have we're a family, 
And then you just start, you just start creating such wonderful things. So team for me is very important. And I would say the only way that I would be able to achieve a star is because I've got a great team around me. But then we all have the same vision to be able to really create something that we want to eat, what we want to experience, and how you know value for a pound is very important. You know, if you if it's, if if you value something at something and other people don't, you need to work harder to make sure that they do because you, we're as much as we're in this industry to because we love what we do, we're a business. And that word sustainable, in my eyes, means tomorrow. So to become sustainable in a business, you have to be able to be able to pay all the bills, all the staff, and open tomorrow. So you you know you have to make some sort of revenue there. One of your other restaurants is called Ugly Butterfly. So I have a, I have a couple of questions here. Um, the first one, names are always intentional, right? There's always a reason. So the, you know, using the word ugly, is, I'm sure, was very intentional. What, why did you choose? this word or, or I guess the pair for this uh, particular restaurant? So the, the the two things don't go hand in hand. You'll never find an ugly butterfly. There's no such thing. So the reason why I called it an ugly butterfly is because I built a restaurant based on waste. So there's no such thing as an ugly butterfly, just as there's no such thing as food waste. There is always another way to use it, being it a ferment, being it a distill, turning it into alcohol, you know, or a piece of art, furniture. There's plenty of things that you can do for um, a byproduct to give it a second walk of life. So I wanted to make the most beautiful restaurant. And I mean, this is stunning. It's floor to ceiling, floor to ceiling glass over a cliff, over the ocean of a blue, a blue flag beach. It was, it's, it's beautiful. But to, to put, a, put a, a, like a zero waste concept style restaurant in that environment is baffling, but it's about education in a very um, unintrusive way. I don't like being educated and being made to feel stupid. So if we educate in a very polite way where it's more, um, you know, like the passion that you speak, it resonates with people and they're like, oh, geez, that's amazing. And then also when you're when you're thinking out the box to be able to utilize everything, your food becomes more more personal because more exciting. There's only so, so many certain ways you can cook a door or so. You know what I mean? It's the same in any country. You can cook a door or so there. The only thing that's different is perhaps spices or butter and all of all that sort of stuff. But then when you use the cheeks, when you use the scales, when you use the uh, the skirt around the fish to make dishes, they'll be like, well, what the hell? I usually just cut this off. I don't usually eat it. There's plenty of things you can do with it. And waste, thinking about zero waste food or giving food another walk of life doesn't necessarily all need to be fermented or preserved. You know, that, that sour taste of perhaps too much will taste like garbage or smell like garbage doesn't need to be. You can still make, you can still make food fresh but have it have it had a second walk of life. That's very interesting. The other question I wanted to ask you is: is you played host at this particular restaurant to the world's uh, to the world to the leaders of some of the world's largest economies? Uh, was it last year? Yeah, last uh, last July, the G seven. Yeah, the G seven. How was how was that experience from maybe the feedback you received? from you know these people being at your particular restaurant so because i hosted it i had the i had the red pass i had the three the three stage pass on my uh, on my wallet and i was able to go in with the leaders so whenever they had their lunches or or their joint meetings i would never get involved in the joint meetings obviously uh, my my front of house team would go in so they can just quietly get it done but the main ones where they would sit around and have that board boardroom meetings every day and then they would move into the bar area where we set up lunch. Um, because I created 
zero waste food, this style of food. It invoked a hell of a lot of conversations with loads of different leaders. And the fact is that they didn't know it was. These, these, these people are uh, they're privy to some of the best food in the world. And people don't skimp out with them. They want to impress them. They want to show off. Now, if you flip that on its backstage to say, well, you're eating byproducts, but you had no idea because it's the same standard as what you would be having of caviar and lobster. I didn't serve any of that. It was just really thoughtful cooking, bags of flavor and still made beautiful. And I think being able to host it as well as cook that way and explain, have time to be able to chat to them, which was really great and a little bit surreal, I have to admit, when I met Biden, that just blew my mind. But, you know, like it, it was just wonderful. It was it was really, really, really nice to experience. And I don't think I'd ever have the opportunity to on, on that biggest scale to be able to talk about this kind of food. Or this kind of food. Great opportunity for you, and, and I think a great opportunity on a global scale as well uh, to talk about some of these issues with with these people. Uh, Adam, my my final question for you is: when it comes to, and I know you know, there's some debate on how we use this word sustainability, but how important is that? You know, zero waste, being thoughtful. How important is that in the fine dining industry, as well as when you're thinking about, you know, you talked about sustainability is also being able to open tomorrow. How important is all of this in, in building specifically, uh, you know, a restaurant brand or a restaurant specifically and being able to, to build it to last? I would say it's extremely important. That word sustainable tomorrow means you need to open for, you need to be able to open. Now, I think it's more important for people that have a wider reach. They're, they're an influencer, regardless if they want it or not. People look up to them, people listen to them, whether or not they work for them or see them on social media or they read about them in a book or see them on TV. Whatever they do, they are an inspirer. They're, they're an in, they inspire people to do good or bad. Now, that's, the, that's the, key, the danger that people have. They have the opportunity to do good or bad. So I personally think anyone, not just in the hospitality industry, but anyone that has that sort of stature should always, always do good. And it's about educating, inspirating, or inspiring and motivating to whichever way you really like. Mine, I'm in the hospitality sector, so I only talk about that. I don't talk about anything else because I, I don't know about it. So, you know, I've got 200 and odd staff in my group over my four different restaurants. And I, I have I have the key to all of their hearts. They came in to really believe in what I did and they want to work in our operations because we are not pioneers, there's plenty of other people doing it, but we're strict on it. And they want to learn about it. Now, they are the next industry that's going to take over. And if you then inspire them with so much future thinking and how about uh, and, and creation and skills and education, they'll then put it on in their own restaurants when they have their own. So it's basically, you've just made loads of people be forward thinking and they'll do the same, they'll do the same, they'll do the same. You occasionally get the bad apple that just wants to do it so their name's on their CV, don't really care, go away and then completely go off the tangent. But that's literally a small, small amount. So for me, the people, education is extremely important. And I think the word fine dining now gets chucked around all about the same as that little list of what we need to achieve to get a star. That isn't what fine, for me, fine dining is irrelevant now. Fine dining should be replaced by just good dining. 
because it's about respectful dining in terms of respectful sourcing, really good service, really good food. You know, I, I've been to some places around the world where I eat a bowl of something in the street corner and I could be eating this in a three-star restaurant and it'll be still as, it'll be, it could fit in there. But the fact is that the environment's not there. It's, it's not, it's just street, street food kind of thing. So I think for me, fine dining should be about the great food word rather than fine word, because that's where it makes people seem a little bit weird um and in them restaurants they have the ability because you know it's a it's a, it's a, um, a high revenue so they have the ability to reinvest into their group to be able to educate uh, and teach and spend a little bit more time hire a little bit more people to then do develop and, and work that way the casual dining group perhaps the lower market ones doesn't necessarily have as much revenue coming through so can't teach as much they should still do their part the best they possibly can and with that part will be responsible sourcing and responsible um, responsible waste. So recycling, that sort of stuff. But the educational part in the center, they can only do as much as they physically can afford. So but every single, say, fine dining, we'll keep on your word, restaurant in this world should be able to do that. Adam, this has been a, a fun conversation, very enlightening. I, I really thank you for spending some time with me today. No worries at all. I love chatting about it. Sometimes I perhaps ramble a little bit too much. Power your advertising. Working with Active International enables you to fund your advertising using your company's own products, assets, or even services. We have over 30 years' experience connecting and bringing value to businesses all over the globe, helping many brands scale up into household names. Want to achieve more from your marketing spend? Contact Active International today.